hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Just Mans the Podcast. It's your girl, Mans, and I am here solo today. I am doing a really fun episode. It's going to be a real talk Q&A, mainly about womanhood. So guys, this is your cue to leave. If you want to stay, that's fine. But today we're going to talk all things body positivity, my thoughts on abortion, vagina health, shaving, and much, much more. Okay, I think we lost the guys. Girls, (laughs) this is going to be a really fun, really raw, really honest episode. And these are the kind of episodes that I really want to start doing more of on this podcast. You guys loved my How I Healed My Relationship with Food episode. And I just want to get really personal with you guys, talk about things that matter to you, talk about things that you guys can resonate with. And so I figured I would just jump right into womanhood because that's something that we can all resonate with if you're a girl. If you're a guy, what are you still doing here? (laughs) Also, mom and dad, if you guys are listening to this episode, maybe not because (laughs) there's a few things in here that I don't think you want to hear. Just Man's the Podcast. Okay, you guys, I think we lost everybody that doesn't need to be here. Not that I don't love you guys, parents and um, men. I just, this isn't for you. This this is a girly chat, okay? So I asked you guys on my Instagram what you guys want to see more of on the podcast. And so I got a few questions that really inspired this episode today. So it's going to be, like I said, a Q&A on womanhood. And it's going to include some of the topics that I'm just passionate about and then some of the topics that you guys actually asked me about. So let's just get right into it. One of the questions I got was how to get rid of stress and anxiety. And girl, I relate to this so, so much. My anxiety has been kind of through the roof off and on for the past year. I've had the worst anxiety that I've had pretty much in my life this past year and it's it hasn't been triggered by the same one thing it's been a bunch of different things that triggered it but I've just struggled with how to deal with it more this past year so I'm going to share with you a few things that honestly have really really helped me keep my anxiety in check and keep my stress levels down it can be so so isolating to have anxiety and not know how to how to have the tools to really cope with it and feel better because when you're anxious it's the worst feeling ever so I have been there if you guys are in the situation where you don't know how to deal with your anxiety you don't have the tools you don't know what to do so here are some tangible things that have really really helped me the first thing if you are a coffee or tea drinker you're not gonna like this but Cutting caffeine really helped me when I was experiencing really heightened anxiety. So for me, caffeine really gets my blood pumping. It really gets my heart rate going. So I really enjoy it in the morning if I'm feeling super groggy or before a workout. I really like to consume it. However, because it gets my blood pumping, when I have anxiety, my heart rate is already elevated. So I don't really need anything else to elevate it. And I find that the come up of having 
coffee and caffeine when I'm really anxious makes me feel like I'm on crack cocaine, which I don't want to feel like on a Wednesday when I'm sitting in class. So I find that cutting it out really, really helps because not only is the come up not fun, but the come down of having coffee or tea or just any caffeine is kind of hard too. It's 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 more of a crash. And that's why I really love the coffee that I've been drinking before you speak. I swear you guys, if you experience anxiety and if you have noticed that caffeine makes your anxiety worse, definitely check out before you speak coffee because it has Siberian ginseng in it, which is supposed to help with the crash and the jitters. And I 1000% believe that it does. Could be a place bow. Oh my gosh, I literally just said place bow. Placebo. <laughs> It could be a placebo, but honestly, I think it's it's really working. Um, I don't experience a crash or jitters when I drink this coffee, so maybe try that. But yeah, if you don't get your hands on that, I would just try to cut it out for a week and see if it helps. The next thing that really helps me reduce my anxiety and stress is to just get outside and be in the sun, whether that's sitting on my porch in the morning or going for a walk or laying in the park, going on my balcony, just anything where I can get fresh air really helps because sometimes when you experience anxiety, you feel really suffocated or claustrophobic. So getting out in fresh air and letting the breeze hit your face and getting that vitamin D is so, so good. Another thing that I've really found to help is the Headspace app. So I don't do this every single day, but I really find that when I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety or stress, doing like two to five minutes of this a day really, really, really helps to kind of just recenter my my mind, my body, kind of get my breath down and connect with my breath. I I literally remember last semester, so fall semester of my, my senior year, I would literally get back from class feeling so anxious, just, you know, a lot of English assignments piling up. And I would literally lay on my bed at like 3 p.m. just randomly in the middle of the day before lunch or something and do a five-minute headspace. And it's just super calming. And it kind of allows you to sit with your anxious feelings. And I know a lot of the time when I have anxiety, I'm more anxious because I'm like, I want this feeling to go away and it feels like it's never going to. So when I allow myself that five minutes to really just get my breath to kind of come down to a normal resting rate and just feel like okay I am calming down that that just knowing that I can calm myself down really really helps to reduce that anxiety so I really recommend the Headspace app. Working out has really really helped my anxiety and stress too. I feel like sometimes when I'm really anxious and I don't want to go to the gym I feel like when I force myself to go and just sweat I feel so much better and the the one workout that I really love to do when I'm feeling anxious is getting outside and doing cardio whether that's walking or running so I'll just put my headphones in and I'll either listen to a podcast or music that I really like so just like pop music and I'll just go for a run or I'll go for a walk again that fresh air is really really nice when I'm feeling stressed and then if you are a college student or a high school student or just somebody that feels like you have a lot of things to do then you need to make to-do lists or you need a time batch because a lot of stress and anxiety can come from having so many things to do and not knowing where to start or not knowing what you've crossed off the list and what you have next. So to-do list and time batching is so, so, so 
good for reducing that extra stress and anxiety. I make a to do list every night and then it's for it's for the next day. And so the next day, I'll just take a look at that throughout the day and make sure I'm crossing things off. And if something doesn't get crossed off that list, I'll just leave it on there for the next day. Time batching is also really helpful. So basically, this is taking your to-do list and then actually going into your calendar and creating time slots for when you want to complete each task. This is, (laughs) okay, honestly, this, I tried this for a week and it really was great and convenient and super helpful for actually allowing me to get all my stuff done for like a week. And then after that, I started to feel really anxious because if I would miss a time slot for something, I would feel anxious because I would have to do that instead of the next time thing time thing that I wanted to do and it was just a lot but look into time batching and if that that is something that you resonate with and you feel that's going to help you definitely do that because I think it is important and I think it does help if you do it the right way okay so this one is going to be kind of a touchy subject but this is just man's podcast guys we're we're talking about everything and we're going to be honest about everything so Somebody asked me about abortion and women's rights and just the topic of abortion in general. And first, I want to say that this podcast does not exist with the goal of swaying your beliefs or your opinions one way or the other. I'm never going to tell you what to do or what to believe or judge you for what you decide to do with your own body. But I do want to share perspectives and opinions and thoughts as honestly and openly as I can to bring new perspective, self-growth, and just create a learning environment. So I'm not going to shy away from sharing my opinions. But again, I'm also not going to expect you to take my opinion as this is what you should do because in no way is that what I'm trying to do at all. I don't want to tell you what to do. I just want to create a dialogue for maybe a different way of thinking than you already think. Here's my take on abortion. Naturally, I believe that when you get pregnant, there is life inside of you. And I know that a lot of people don't think that way. I know that a lot of people say it's a fetus or it's not even a baby yet. And my belief is that if there's a heartbeat, it's life. That's just how I feel. So naturally, I believe that we as humans don't get to decide who lives and who doesn't. I just don't. I don't think that life is something that we should have control over. However, I do believe that there are certain situations and certain circumstances where people feel like abortion is their only choice and I'm never going to tell you what to do or what decision to make. So I guess in short, I would say that my belief on it is that I would, my belief on it is I think there's always a better option than abortion whether that's keeping your baby or adoption. But again, if a friend came to me and said, I cannot do this, I need to get an abortion, I would fully support my friend in her decision and be there for her emotional and physical well-being. And I would never, ever, ever judge somebody for making the decision that feels the most right for them. So as I'm sitting here and telling you guys, I have these beliefs I'm not telling you that these beliefs are what you need to believe and I expect that same respect in return. Also, I'm not going to sit here and claim that I'm pro-choice or pro-life because to be honest, 
I don't think I have a firm enough opinion on the matter and I don't think I have enough knowledge to really label myself one way or the other. But as of now, that is how I feel. And I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) On a lighter note, something that I also need to be more educated about is vagina health. Okay, somebody asked me about vagina health and I wanted to include it for sure in this podcast episode because when I read it, I was taken aback because that is something that I need to be a little bit more, not a little bit, a lot more knowledgeable about because to be honest, I don't even think about it. I don't even think about my vagina health and I'm, I'm just man's. I'm, I'm supposed to think about health in every aspect when it comes to a woman's body. So I need to do more research. I need to dive deeper into this. But the things that I do know about vagina health is I'm just assuming at this point, because again, I'm not a scientist. I am not, you know, an OBGYN of any sort. So I don't know a lot. But what I'm thinking is probiotics because, you know, you have bacteria in in your vagina. So I think probiotics would probably be great for vagina health. Um, Again, please don't take my word for Bible. I don't know anything. I'm just I'm just telling you guys what I think about the subject. So I think probiotics would probably be great. And then the only other thing I know about vagina health is not to use Summer's Eve. Okay, we've all been there in high school where you know, we're just starting to hook up with boys and we're getting our period and it's just a really fun time. And we go to Walgreens with our best friend and we go down the pad in the tampon aisle and we see the pink brilliantly packaged summer's Eve and we pick up the wipes. We've all been there. Also, they smell pretty dang good. So I don't know how one can refrain, but I do know that it's really not good for you and you don't really need it. Actually, actually, I don't know if it's not good for you. I just know that it, your vulva area, like the skin, is very sensitive. And I don't think wipes of any sort are good for it. But also, I, I, I think I like remember hearing that the wipes can mess with the pH balance of your actual vagina. So I know that doctors recommend against those. Um... But yeah, that's literally the only thing I know is don't douche, don't use Summer's Eve, and maybe take probiotics. I don't know. I need to get more edumacated, you feel, on vagina health. All right, the next topic that I'm going to discuss has to do with your vagina. It is orgasms. So the reason I felt like putting this in here is because I got a... So I don't know if you guys... If you're somebody who does the question box on Instagram a lot, I, tell me if you guys have noticed that you've gotten so many more spam in the questions box than normal. I used to just get replies from people that followed me, but now it's like, hi, just mans. Hi, what are you doing? How are you? I love your feed. Like just random shit. And I'm like, okay, nobody asked for that. I asked a question, not that, but <laughs> somebody random, I think it's just a spam account. Someone random was like, who gave you your first first orgasm? And so that's what inspired this um, topic. So (laughs) I have a whole blog post actually on this topic called Woman Masturbate 2 because one of my friends a few years back was talking to me and my other girlfriend and saying that she's never had an orgasm. So go check out that post because it's really honest and entertaining. Again, it's called Woman Masturbate 2 and you can find it on my blog. However, I want to discuss 
the different types of orgasms that women can experience because I don't think that's talked about as enough. So in my experience, penetration, oral sex, and masturbation are the three ways that you can have an orgasm. Okay, someone's probably going to tell me that there's more, but in my experience, like I said, those are the only three. Penetration is different, oral sex is different, and masturbation is different. Personally, I think oral sex gives you the most pleasurable orgasms and penetration gives you the most like intense feeling ones um and then masturbation is kind of right there with um oral sex but I just wanted to talk about how they're all different because I don't think people really talk about that enough also I want to talk about the I guess like a phenomenon or stigma or idea of women being able to have multiple orgasms because yes it's a stigma and yes it's technically true but I don't like having orgasms after orgasm after orgasm it doesn't feel good you know after you have one I'm I'm fucking sensitive okay I don't want anything to touch there I wanted to mention this because I thought this was actually really funny and really true I was listening to a comedian named Lev Fur on the Girls Gotta Eat podcast, and he was talking about how you can tell if a girl has faked an orgasm or not, and it's so true. I've never actually faked one, but he said, he said, you can tell if someone's faked it or not by touching it, because if you touch it and you're not sensitive, then you probably didn't have one, but if you touch it and you like move away or twitch or whatever, then you had one. Just thought that was really funny because it's really, really freaking accurate. All right, speaking of sex, I wanted to talk about foreplay and role play. The importance of foreplay specifically because if you're like me, I'm a very impatient person just in all aspects of life, but also with sex. I think that when, you know, we're I'm being intimate with my boyfriend. I kind of want to just like get right down to business, but I find that the times where I make time for foreplay, the sex is so much better. So I wanted to know if any of you guys experienced that too, because I just think it makes the whole situation elevated because one, you guys are both more horny Two, you guys are both more into it. It's more like it, it kind of just like builds like the passion, the fire, the energy builds and then also you're wetter so like it makes sex better but again I this is something that I like have to work on actually because I am a very impatient person I just want to get straight to it so I just wanted to talk talk about foreplay because I think it's important it's necessary and it just makes the experience so much better but please if you're out there and you also are impatient please dm me because I would love to know that I'm not the only person that kind of struggles with that now for the topic of role play. If anyone does this, again, please DM me the details because I'm into this. I just have never done it. Um, I just think it feels awkward and not natural. It's like acting and that feels unnatural to me, but I think it's super, it sounds super sexy and super fun. So if um, you do this, let me know. Let a girl know, you know, let's share. Let's, let's talk about ways to spice it up in the bedroom, you feel? Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is shaving because this is just something that I don't really like to do. Like, I just don't like shaving. I, now that I live in a place that has seasons, in the winter, your girl does not want to shave. 
nobody has time for that because you know why every time i shave in the winter and then i get out of my steaming hot scorching shower i walk out of the bathroom and i immediately get goosebumps triggering razor bumps and triggering faster hair growth so like what's the point you know so i'm in the business of no shave november december january and february honestly i just i can't i cannot be bothered to shave during the winter and honestly this was perfect because lucas and i have been long distance our whole college career so it never really was a problem because if i did have to shave in the winter it was like once every like two months because we would you know we're long distance so we would see each other but now that college is over and we're moving in together soon I'm gonna have to figure this one out because honestly he he prefers me shaved in all regions of my body but your girl if I wasn't dating anybody probably wouldn't shave for shit I'm telling you like I probably wouldn't shave anything mostly because I'm lazy but also I just I don't really mind a little bit of hair and honestly I don't grow a lot of leg hair so that never really bothers me um I will shave my vag every now and then if it's getting a little too crazy but um I I don't mind a bush either again Lucas prefers the the shaved but (laughs) I don't know I just uh please tell me I'm not the only one who doesn't like to shave because it's just not my thing and you know what sometimes you have to honor your significant other's requests so sometimes if Lucas is like babe it's it's get it is getting a little too crazy I'm like okay all right I, I I respect that I will shave but if you have a guy who just is like absolutely not here for it and will not touch you if you're not shaved boy bye like I just sometimes I'm like if the roles were reversed little do you know just I would love to see a guy shave their entire body four times a month just wouldn't happen you know so why are we expected to that's all I'm saying So the last topic I want to touch on before I wrap this episode up is body positivity. Specifically, I want to talk about my problem with the body positivity movement. And I know a lot of you guys are going to be like, what? You have a problem with it? And yeah, I do actually. Um, I, I love the idea, don't like the execution, you know what I mean? So I actually did do a blog post on this as well, I believe. So you can search body positivity in the search bar on my blog and go look that up if you're interested. But here's my take. I'm all for normalizing the different shapes and sizes that women may be because that's just reality. Some women are bigger, some women are smaller, some women are plumper, some women are thinner. Like it's just women don't come in a one size fits all and if you believe that then you need to change your thought process and get a little educated you know but I also am really into being healthy and I'm sorry but if you're skinny but you starve yourself that's not body positivity and if you are a bigger woman if you're overweight and you strictly eat fast food and don't take care of your body and don't move your body, that is not body positivity. I'm not here to normalize and promote being unhealthy. I'm here to to promote a healthy body. 
And if that body looks bigger, great. If that body looks smaller, great. But as long as it's healthy. I think the problem that I have with the movement is that it's still centered on appearance. And it's confusing to me because I'm like, isn't that what you guys are trying to move away from is the judging someone's worth on appearance? I, I get I get the logic. I just don't get the execution because I, I think, yes, I think some women are bigger and they're healthy. But I think the majority of people who are using this are using this this kind of movement as an excuse to continue living an unhealthy life. And I don't agree with that. So I think the body positivity movement needs to move more towards a priority of health rather than a priority of appearance. Again, I think women come in all shapes and sizes and should be praised and celebrated for that. But I don't think that those bodies, if you're unhealthy, should be celebrated is what I'm saying. Okay, guys, I think that about wraps it up. I really enjoyed doing this this episode today. I think it was super fun to talk about womanhood. That's very much something that I am passionate about and want to discuss openly and honestly and really authentically on my podcast and just everywhere, on my blog, on any platform. So I am really happy that I did this episode today and I really hope you guys like it. If you guys ever have any questions or topics that you want me to discuss on the podcast, please DM me. I love hearing your suggestions because at the end of the day, I'm here to discuss things that you guys want to discuss. So please share your suggestions and let me know. If you liked this real talk about womanhood and want more episodes on things like this, I'll probably be doing another question box on Instagram where you guys can ask me questions for another womanhood podcast episode very soon. So look out for that. But also, if you enjoyed this episode, leave a comment on my Instagram. Give my show a like. Give it a rating because that really helps. And I will see you guys back at the next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye.